0: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Valani, news director Lori Brooks, and now from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And welcome, my friend, on today's show. Wow, Jay Johnson will be joining us. Who's Jay Johnson? Do you remember the uh, soap, the, the sitcom TV show? Yeah, the soap. sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He was the ventriloquist guy on Soap. No I remember. I remember.
2: I, I, I didn't watch it. I, I don't know the show. I heard about it. I knew I was aware of it, but I just didn't watch it.
1: I do recall him, which probably says a little too much about my youth. Uh, but uh, he will be on the show today talking about actors and others for animals. And I don't know if he'll have one of his sidekicks with him. He doesn't like it when you call him dummies, by the way. No? So you, you, you don't want to say that.
2: Around. What does he call him?
1: I, I don't know a puppet puppet, puppet. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out
2: buddy my buddy also are you looking for a
1: free pet sitter anybody Always. anybody <laughs> looking for a free sure, pet somebody sitter sure somebody's going to come
2: watch my animals for free <laughs> uh, sign me up
1: emma higgins she'll watch your pets for free and uh, the only thing is she wants to stay at your place for uh, you know an extended time if pre- preferably an extended time so if you're planning on heading out of town for you know a few weeks she'll stay and watch your animals for free and wow we're, we're going to find out A little bit about her. She apparently has not paid rent on a house for the last three years. She's just been uh, pet sitting all across. Pet sitting? Yeah.
3: Isn't that wow? Yeah. A squatter.
4: (laughs) Way to go! Yeah.
1: I wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to find out what her deal is in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, What are you working on over there, Lori Brooks?
4: Well, they're strengthening. Uh, this is serious. They're strengthening the link between domestic abuse and pets, and how that's affecting women involved in this and the pets.
3: Mm,
1: okay, that is on the way, uh, Mr. Joey Vellani.
3: We're going to be talking about um, the proper brushing techniques to get mats out of your dog. This is the time
1: of year where the dogs around here they're shedding like crazy, and they're they're kind of hard to groom out. So this advice will be heated. And it's on the way in just a couple of minutes, right here on Animal Radio. Let's hit the phones, okay? Which one, Judy? Line
2: line four. Uh, you know what? We
1: it's always line four.
4: It is not. We've look, done three. Look two, at the button on one.
1: the on the phone. It's actually worn, worn down. No
4: bickering in the studio. <laughs> Hi, Nancy. Hi. How are
1: you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. What's up with your animals? Well,
5: I have a dog. She's a a mix. She was a rescue, so we're not really quite sure what her her lineage is, but she's probably about a couple years old. And um, my husband and I recently uh, moved in together in a new house, and um, the difficulty I have is that um, my dog, her name's Leah, is very possessive and uh, is is taken to growling and barking at my husband
6: oh. when he gets oh, okay. close to me. Oh, I see, I see. And I, has, it's um, hard to know
5: which ones to get rid of,
6: you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, sometimes I do deal with some uh, human uh, psychological situations, and I'm probably not best qualified to tell you to get rid of your husband over this, but <laughs> um, <laughs> But we, we do have to, you know, he has to own his, uh, his part in this relationship. So, so some of this you can certainly work with, but a lot of it's going to be having your husband, you know, be a partner in trying to help, you know, find a solution, um, for your dog to accept him. And, um, and that is going to take some work on his part as well as your part. Um, so let me ask you, does he do, or has he, did he know the dog before you guys moved in?
5: No, uh, she was my dog and had lived with me separately for a while. And um, although when he was at my house, she seemed to be fine and accept him, uh, would let him pet her. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think when we got into uh, living together, uh, she kind of established her turf, I think.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. now she's eat. figured out he's here to stay and he's not leaving <laughs> so yeah okay so now it has there been has he done anything as far as has there been any kind of altercation between them any kind of near bites or has he had to correct her in, in any way
5: um no biting um just serious growling, and and uh, you know she'll take a stand and and especially you know when he comes in to give me a hug or something she'll she'll uh hackles go up and she'll get real close, and she'll just stand there and growl uh okay. very menacingly, and he backs off mm, so. okay. Okay. We we want
6: to change that. Okay. Yes. Yes. So there's definitely some basic core things that we have to keep in mind. One is we want human safety through all of this. So as we work through that, um, there may be some exercises that we can do, but we want to make sure that she, make sure that she is safe and secure and there is no chance that she can, you know, reach out and bite him. Um, but the basic core steps that we need to take is that we need to make him be such a positive, um, subject within the household that his presence is no longer seen as that he's the intruder and something to be jealous of, but that she really, she's going to win if he's around. And that means that you have to kind of change a lot of things around the house as far as what the structure of how things are done. So this would be that, um, I, I would love him to be the one that does all of her feeding. And oh. food, you know, would be best not left out for the taking. Um, it's something that he would put the food down and he doesn't have to hang around. But as long as she sees that he's the one who put the food down, then he becomes the provider of the good things. Okay. So that's one simple thing so that you get out of the loop. You don't provide food. You don't give her treats. You let him do all of that and be the, the uh that, that's his positive reinforcement for just allowing uh, her allowing him around. So that's a really big thing. Now, the other kind of steps that we would want to work on are setting some boundaries. So some dogs that are very possessive of a, an individual pet owner, they kind of lose sight that they're the dog, and they kind of think they're more in the role of the um, spouse or the human in the household. So not every dog has this problem, but it may be something that you need to really reconsider if you're allowing her on furniture because that puts her at a a vertical status that a human sits on a couch or a chair or what have you. So that can be an important thing that um, making sure that she has a place a doggy pillow um, that is her safe getaway that she can go to and that you direct her to preferably keeping her on like a head halter um, or on a leash so that you know you can tell her this is where I want you to go and don't have him be the disciplinarian we don't want him to be doing any of this you need to be the one to say these are what the rules are and this is what I want you to do and then um, anytime he's around uh, he comes into the room if she's under leash control or you keep her safe maybe even in a kennel when he is, you know, entering a room, um, you know, he just throws treats at her, um, just so that his presence again is just a good thing. Um, you're not the treat person he is. And, you know, we don't necessarily want him to try to touch her, to pet her, to do anything that she's not comfortable with. We just want her to think the entry of your husband into the room is like the best thing in the world. And she's like sitting there waiting. Where is he? Oh my gosh. What do you, what does he have now? And work on that. That's going to be the, the, really the, first strategy that I would work with. Then with time, you know, we might say, hey, you know, does she love going for walks? Okay, well, you know, have him do the walking. That's a great kind of a, you know, pack bonding situation. So um, as long as he can walk her safely, that would be a really wonderful thing because then they do an activity together and it's not a threatening thing. It's not, she's not being challenged. Um, So, so that would be another thing. And also if she, you know, she likes to play, um, you know, different toys that are safe for him to be involved with that don't require him to remove them from her mouth, that can be a fun thing as well. Getting multiple tennis balls, throwing them through the yard, she picks up one, brings one back, he's got another one, he throws it, she goes to get it. That's a kind of a, a fun interactive game that can help to build a, a little bit better relationship between them. Um, but I think the big thing is going to be also you recognizing your role in this and that um, we want her to be independent. We want her to be confident without you being around. So we don't want her to feel like you know she has to be with you and protecting you. Um, some dogs have a really strong protective drive, and, and it's not that we don't want that. We just don't want it to go askew and to, to get out of hand.
5: Oh, great. Those are all great, great tips, and um, I'm, I'll give them a try and see if we can't uh, turn things around a little bit.
6: Okay. And then, hey, next time you call, maybe we better talk to hubby. i'm not going to say that his place in the home is threatened or anything like but you know just to find out how he's dealing with this because a lot of times it really hurts the other person you know it's i mean obviously he cares for you and and this can be a really damaging thing on a relationship so and i'm sure he wants to make you know his relationship with her work as well so um yeah so i I, I do family consultations
5: (laughs) i'll I'll let you know who wins here
1: (laughs) keep us posted This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You could learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
7: Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals.
8: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. British pigeons are getting supersized from all the junk food they eat. A charity called Keep Britain Tidy says people who don't throw their uneaten junk food away are causing the problem. Chief Executive Alan Wood says people think they're being kind by feeding the pigeons their leftover junk food, but what they're really doing is creating a population explosion of pigeons who rely on people rather than nature. These supersized pigeons also scare away the smaller birds and are becoming a nuisance and a health hazard. You'd think they'd work it all off with all that flying around they do. So remember, keep Britain tidy. Don't share your Happy Meal with a pigeon. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
1: Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of Petrified. Visit them at FearFreeHappyHomes.com
9: Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers
10: on
11: Animal Radio.
9: Just know that it's going to be all right
12: meow.
0: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
13: And uh, by the way, you can also
1: ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, of course, we'd love to hear from you. Whether Even if you don't have a question for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani, we'd love to hear from you. Just to say hello, hello hi, how are you doing? Uh, what are you doing this weekend with your pets? Hopefully you're bringing them everywhere you go. I know we'll be walking our cat later today. Our cat likes to be walked. Put him yes. on a leash. Not a lot of cats like that, but ours does.
2: You train them young.
1: We are going to be talking to Emma Higgins in just a few minutes. Her claim to fame is she has not paid rent for the last three years, which is pretty incredible. And not only has she not paid rent, but she's vacationed all over Europe. How does somebody do this? Well, she is a pet sitter. She house sits and pet sits for people that go away for extended vacations all over Europe. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Nice. Huh? I know. Yeah. I think about how we uh, we spend all our time working so that we can go on vacation for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. I think she's got it down. We're going to find out her yeah. deal in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also on today's show, Jay Johnson, the ventriloquist from Soap, will be joining us. If you're old enough, if you're like me, and I fart, you'll remember Jay Johnson from uh, the, the sitcom Soap. And uh, he really believed that uh, dummy was alive. Oh. We're not supposed to call it Dummy, by the way. No? No. What do we call it? Calling? I don't know. I Just figure don't, it out don't
4: say the word. Blockhead if me. it's a wood puppet. <laughs> okay. I'm sure
6: that comes across worse. <laughs> <Yes, yes, yes. laughs> Blockhead Dummy.
1: He is, uh, he is, of course, working with actors and others for animals. And he'll be telling us about the fundraiser coming up at the El Porthole Theater in Los Angeles. They do some great work. They, they really do. They're on the forefront of the spaying and neutering movement. Especially on the West Coast, and uh, I mean,
4: there's there's a lot of backlash against the Hollywood community now. But so many of them do so many other projects and volunteer at so many things that they don't have to. So I'm always glad to hear when they're doing something like this.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yes,
4: definitely.
1: So what are you working on this hour, Miss Lori Brooks?
4: Oh God, did you guys see the video of that that big gorilla? I mean, yes. huge silverback gorilla, the one in the kitty swimming yes. pool that was dancing. That was awesome. That was like It was so adorable. I want to join him. You can. I mean, all gorillas like, I mean, I don't know that you could do that with the, with him because he's actually, well, we'll tell you where he is and what his handlers say and what he's really, what emotion is he really displaying from that uh, exhibition? That was quite interesting.
1: you're gonna to have to tell me about it during the break because i i'm not a social media guy i don't see you these missed videos. it
4: no i did i didn't it was a viral video how yes big yes. silverback gorilla and it was like he was doing flash dance mm-hmm. in this plastic kitty swimming pool it's spinning around and looked like the happiest gorilla in the world but was he really <laughs> i gotta
6: cue the music he's a amazing Mania. Mania.
7: Mania. Mania. <laughs>
6: yep well hi karen how are you
7: I'm fine. How are you, Miss Debbie?
6: I'm doing fabulous. What kind of critter questions you got today?
7: Well, I've got a female cat about eight years old, and she's got cerebral palsy. Uh, She's been diagnosed with it, and she's becoming more and more aggressive. She's attacking people and dogs.
6: Has her signs, her difficulties, has that gotten worse with time, or is it about the same from when you first had her? About the same. All right. Because that's one distinction. And when we talk about things like, well, cerebral palsy is kind of a human disease, but there are some cerebellar diseases in cats, and there's there's one called cerebellar hypoplasia, which kittens can get, and it tends to be from an infection when they're babies, um, from the panleukopenia infection that their mom gets when um, they're just in utero um, or they can even be vaccinated during the pregnancy and the, the kittens will acquire that disease. You know, I guess it can't be impossible that there's something genetic here, but if we're presuming things kind of stayed the same, these type of disorders don't generally get much worse. Um, there are some brain infections that do get worse, and they're kind of more the degenerative type things uh, that go along with time. Now, those conditions, yeah, we could see some worsening of the signs, and you might get some aggression and some behavioral changes, but I would expect all the other things would tend to be getting worse. And I don't know, are you seeing that where her, is she real shaky on her her feet? Does she fall over, that kind of thing?
7: Oh, she's always done that.
6: hmm She's kind of like on a -a tilt-a-whirl constantly, right?
7: Right. Yeah. She she looks real strange when she walks. She lifts her back feet up to the level of her spine, leans that way, and then puts her foot down.
2: Uh
6: Uh-huh. So she's real jerky, and she kind of kicks them out almost like a horse? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I would tend to think that she may have the cerebellar hypoplasia, which um, that generally won't cause behavioral problems, though. So you might want to get your kitty looked at by your veterinarian. Make sure there's not something else going on, um, because if something else comes up along the way, you know, that might explain her her grouchiness, whether it be something she's in pain or some other kind of medical problem coming on. Um, So... If everything else has stayed about the same, I'm not going to want to blame her condition. Special needs as she may be, uh, you know, I'd say make sure you get her checked over and and make sure there's nothing else going on that's causing that. Thank you so much for your call, Karen. That's a great question. We've had a run of some kitty neurological questions in the last few weeks. This is Dr. Debbie on Animal Radio. Give me a call.
1: Can we get a fresh sweep here? The last sweep we have goes like this. This
8: is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember
0: to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that rough.
1: <laughs> We've run it into the ground. We need something fresh. Oh, really? I didn't, I don't really... <laughs> <Spay> that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you do something real quick, uh, Fred Willard, Animal Radio, something spay and neuter that's different?
12: Yeah, yeah.
1: Tape is rolling.
12: Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio, and I, I'm, I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll, play, I'll roll over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go, but do it.
1: Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com.
10: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
4: I'm Lori Brooks. Women with pets are enduring domestic violence longer and returning home sooner for their fears that their animals, their pets at home, might be hurt. This according to a new research from the University of Windsor up in Canada. The five-year-long study reveals that some form of animal mistreatment happens in roughly... of all domestic violence cases in Canada. And they say more than half the women in those cases actually delayed leaving their abusive situation but over-concerned for their pet safety. The author of the study says this is uh, obviously something we really need to take very seriously because it's putting a lot of people and animals at risk. And interestingly, the professor who did this research over this, what, five years, she said, she was inspired to study this exact problem years ago when she was working in an animal shelter because she said the people who were filling out paperwork to surrender their pets, the women often said mistreatment by their partner was the reason they were surrendering their pet hmm. That's that 's that all the way around too bad. yep well there 's an animal shelter in washington d c that posted a picture recently. Um, Why is it that we think fat animals are cute? I mean, because it's (laughs) so unhealthy for them, but they are. This was a a 35-pound cat who now, yeah, was surrendered, and they are helping him to lose weight so that he can get healthy and find his new home. And this is one big boy. Simba, his name is, he's six years old. He's an orange tabby, and and he now is exercised routinely on a round a treadmill-like device so he can help, you know, get the excess weight off. The group that rescued him, the Human Rescue Alliance, says they have never had such a huge or large overweight cat like Simba before, but they are doing everything they can to help him get in shape for his new life because his previous owner moved to a nursing home that didn't allow pets. But fortunately, the shelter staff is really on it, and they recognize that Simba's obesity is very, very serious and that as cute as he is, the way he is, he has to lose weight in order to have a good, healthy life. Well, I, I'm fairly certain by now that if you are on social media at all, that you have seen this video of the joyous gorilla who is spinning. Looks like he's, you know, doing a flash dance dance routine in a kiddie swimming pool. Um, if you have seen it, uh, if you haven't, let me give you a little history here on Zola, who is the 14-year-old, 380-pound silverback gorilla who has delighted millions with this video his handlers at the Dallas Zoo say Zola loves nothing nothing more than playing in water. He will do anything with water. In in rain puddles he'll play in moats and yes giant kiddie pools. Gorillas uh, by the way can't even swim but he just loves water. But some people questioned, you know, you see a picture you don't know all the details. So some people said hey is he really having that much fun or could this be a stress response? Well the President and Chief Scientific Officer of the Diane. Fox. Gorilla Fund International says it's obvious to her that Zola was really enjoying himself in that kiddie pool because stressed gorillas have tight lips and they're withdrawn and quiet and uninterested in interacting with their environment. And obviously Zola was exuberant in that video, quite the opposite.
2: I saw that video. That was just awesome watching that guy spin around in that little kiddie pool. (laughs) It was so cute. I didn't know gorillas. I wish they gorillas
3: can't select
4: water yeah no they can't but they love water oh, and wow and i thought that video i wish they had put the the maniac soundtrack uh, you <laughs> it know, needs that Michael doesn't Zimbello. it yeah anyhow i'm laurie you can get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com this has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to
10: you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
1: Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? Uh,
7: we, we have a cat. His name is Tex. And we love him. He's like four years old. He's a great tabby but he wants to eat um, the carpet and my oriental rug. then mm. Oh, yeah. And in the, our bedroom, we had curtains that, you know, just it's like a double-pane window, and it comes kind of low to the floor
2: mm-hmm. and pretty
7: high up. And he ate, the curtains were made of the, like, silk strings that hang down. He ate half of the curtains. If you can imagine that, like from the wow. floor, eventually I just took them down and put them away. I thought, well, and he's that's-
6: continuing to like work on the carpets and your throw rugs oh, yeah. and all that. So
7: yeah, I got rid of the curtains, and we we always had blinds, so now the the blinds are there. But I was concerned if it was going to mess up his insides by eating
3: string.
7: And it, he will get like find something that he can pull and get string out, and he will eat the string.
2: If okay. you put a
7: shoelace down, he would just sit there and eat it till it's
6: all gone. And, th- and that's definitely a big problem. And you can definitely hit upon one major thing: is the string and the 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 problem that we run into with cats is that they tend to like nibble on you know things like yarn or string. Or if they're actually ingesting a fabric-like material, that can cause a very dangerous foreign body, what we call a linear foreign body. And And the reason it's so dangerous is because it's soft, it's pliable, it bends, and we would think it would move through, but it actually kind of acts like a cheese grater, and it slices into the intestinal wall, because there's not enough substance for the body to recognize it and move it through. So yeah, this is a big health risk for him. The root of this is very likely a behavioral problem that we're going to have to work on. Um, And uh, in rare cases would we have like a medical case, uh, um, a cause of this, so things that will be challenging you to work with on tax are going to be things to do environmental enrichment. And, and because cats indoors live a happy, well-cared-for lifestyle, um, you know, they got a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> so um, cats in the well, wild. I'm home, uh, we...
7: I'm home with him uh, all day. Okay. Uh, I'm there. And so when I see him doing this, you know, I just, you know, say no. He knows what the word no means. In fact, okay. he seems like he understands a lot, and he just chooses to ignore it.
6: Yep. Yeah, and,
14: and we
7: have to but watch when that because sometimes no to him, he will he will stop. That that lets yeah. me know he does understand the word "no."
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moment. Now, in one context, when you're present and you're telling him no, stop that. Although it seems like you're disciplining him and telling him no and teaching him, you may actually be causing this to happen more. Um, Because dogs and cats, they sometimes are like small children and want to get a rise out of us, want to get some attention. So if chewing on the carpet gets you to say, hey, what are you doing? He's already won that little game there. Now, I think for Tex, it's it escalated beyond that. And he. this is a self-rewarding behavior in a lot of ways. So this might be something we need to talk about, the possibility of some behavioral drug therapy. Um, but before we talk about drugs and putting them on something to stop that, um, environmentally, the things that we can do to help enrich his environment, to try to give him some other solutions other than turning to this behavior, would be things to keep him active so even though you're there with him during the day doesn't mean that um, you know he's maybe satisfied physically and and it's hard to imagine what's going on in a cat's head but we'd want him to increase his exercise we want um, active play sessions Um, so you're playing you know cat interactive games the cat dancer laser light games um, and actually a lot of food related games so where there's actually some effort where he has to find food where you put it in like a kitty toy um, something where he has, has to actively work for his food, and that helps to replace some of that lack of that in the indoor cat environment, because everything's kind of given to them, kind of like a king or a queen. Um, but I would definitely work on some of those things to try to give him more activity. It's so hard with cats because they just don't go walking like dogs generally. Well, he um, used but to do play that, a lot, and then imagine.
7: When he,
2: was he does younger, what?
7: He used, to, he used to play a lot. When he was younger, as far as like. When you would hold something up overhead, he would jump, and, and then he quit doing all of that. And, and he likes those, like, ponytail holders. They're cuffed, they're elastic, but they have, you know, stuff wrapping around them. But they're very tight. It's not that he can bite it out, the cloth off. But he likes to play with those. He'll throw them up in the air, and, and he che- but he chews on those too, but he's, yeah, not, he's, and- he's not ingesting anything.
6: I don't want you to use anything that resembles anything string-like, carpet-like, or fabric-like. So those things are going to kind of feed that desire to to chew on the fabric-type things. So we want to avoid that particular type of toy. Um, I had some cats that used to love little foil balls, so I'd take pieces of aluminum foil and make them into pretty good-sized balls, and they'd bat those around, and those were lightweight. But I, I would definitely try to stay away from the fabric things. And then, you know, we we might really need to see about maybe getting some chemical help here. Um, for kitties, we do use some drugs like Prozac. Um, there's one called clomipramine, which I use a lot as well for kitties. And sometimes that really can help uh, one of these behavior-rooted problems. Um, so, you know, Jamie, I think you're going to have some work there as far as in getting Mr. Tex to kind of see things your way. Give some of those things a try. I I hope that is helpful and hope that helps him uh, kind of fight his obsessive compulsive uh, behavior here. This is Dr. Debbie at Animal Radio.
0: Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app
13: Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper.
0: Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's
9: usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we're going to go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds for your calls. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, right now we go across the pond, I believe, to Emma Higgins. Hi, Emma. How are you doing?
15: Hi, I'm great. How are you doing?
1: Good. Where are you?
15: Um, I'm in South Wales at the minute.
1: South Wales. You do something kind of intriguing. You've been living rent-free for like three years now, is that correct?
15: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in exchange for free accommodation, I look after people's pets. That's well, there's a summary of
1: it. So, now how do you conjure up business?
15: Um, well, there's a website called uh, trustedhousesitters.com, dot com, which is what I do all of my. Um, it's where I find all of my placements, essentially, um, and they do things all over the world. So, there's quite a lot in the USA as well, in Australia, New Zealand, all over Europe, lots in the UK. I like, like you said, I've not paid rent or bills or anything for a few years now so it suits me fine it suits the owners fine so yeah I get to live in some nice houses as well so it's not
2: too bad. (laughs) What do you do when you're between jobs I can't imagine you go from one to one to one do you don't do you have a home?
15: Um, I don't know Um, right now well because I'm actually house sitting quite close to um, my parents and my partner's parents we kind of um, if we've got a few days off in between we come back to see them for a a while but to be honest you can if, if you do it well enough it can be really just a few days between houses what's um, the longest
2: job you've ever had
15: um the longest was i had a place for five months in portugal wow. um which was amazing really um that was looking after two cats two beautiful cats didn't something extra special happen in portugal <laughs> I met my partner whilst I was house sitting in Portugal. So, <laughs> Yeah, I met Mike. Are there any? Yeah, so now we house together. So,
1: <laughs> are there any drawbacks to this?
15: Um, I would say, I mean, not sometimes not having a base can be quite tiring if you're moving around a lot. Um, that can be pretty tiring, and I mean the responsibility of looking after people's pets is that that can be really difficult. Um, and it's yeah especially because I mean I'm sure listeners uh to your station clearly love animals and I my you know my my family have dogs and things and they're like our um they're like children to my mum and things like that so it's it's quite a responsibility looking after people's animals and making sure they are cared for in the way that they deserve to be cared for so that can sometimes be scary I've touched wood never had anything too bad happen you know I've only had one Vet visit that I've had to do, and that was because of a cat fight. But apart from that, nothing's gone wrong yet. But uh, it can be, yeah.
2: I do a little pet sitting on the side, but it's just kind of a day job. I just go in and feed animals, and I always get all these instructions. They'll leave me a page or two instructions. I read one time that you had 10 pages of instructions <laughs> for cats.
15: Yeah, I had 10 pages of instructions for two cats, and I was only looking after them for a week. But in, in fairness, one of them, well, I mean, a lot of them, I mean, there was at least two pages on just playing with them and what their favorite toys were, which was quite, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like having detailed instructions because be it, too. it helps you do the yeah. job properly, but it, I mean, that was quite excessive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I
2: love detailed notes, but I think that's going a little bit too far. What are some of the craziest things that some of your clients
15: have had you do with their animals? Um, um, I'm not really sure. It's always, I always find cats are the ones that people leave the biggest instructions for the longest (laughs) instructions for. Um, I think that's just because cats can be quite particular and you're never, I don't know. I know where I am with a dog because I'm kind of, I guess I'm a dog person and a wagging tail is a wagging tail. So you can kind of figure out where you are with a dog. (laughs) Whereas a cat, sometimes like you're not, I've looked after enough cats to kind of start figuring them out. Um, with that one I mean, it's just specific things that they like to play with and where they like to play in the house and and uh, yeah yeah with, with do- there's nothing been too crazy but <laughs> you never know
2: with dogs the note says walk the dog feed the dog you're done yeah, yeah pretty much
15: they're like don't worry it. it's, it's a dog it's because a dog you yeah it. you'll be it's, fine you feed it you feed it so it will love you so that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. dogs are nice and easy. <laughs>
1: Well, I got to tell you, you know, most of us, we work for a living and we get to vacation very rarely. What I see you're doing is you're vacationing all the time, it seems like. That's your career now. You're a career vacationer.
15: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Which, yeah, I'm I'm fortunate to be in that position that I could even dream of doing that. But the good thing about – I'm a travel writer as well, so the good thing – Oh. about this it suits me perfectly because I can travel and write.
1: How would you what would you recommend people do that uh, that want to do this if if they if they want to quit their crazy cubicle job right now and start pet sitting and, and spending time traveling doing doing that all at once what would be your recommendation?
15: I say to people that using websites like Trusted House Sitters the great thing is that you actually you can almost use it in your vacation time. So a lot of the house sits and especially in places like the UK and the US where there are there are houses all over the place and um, there are a lot of, all over the USA, is that people will look for house sitters for just a weekend or a week or something. And so you might even be able to use the website for your vacation time to go somewhere and live somewhere for free um, or, or, you know, stay somewhere for free for a week. So you wouldn't necessarily have to quit your job to use the website. Um, you could just use it for, you know, a nice place to go on holiday. I'd say start doing like the smaller house sits and see how you get on with it and then work your way up, I guess, to see if it's something, if you enjoy it more and more than uh, go further afield and things like that. But it's, it's, it's nice and flexible like that. that You can kind of use it. You could use it closer where you live. Emma, thank <laughs> you so
1: much for spending time with us today.
15: You are so welcome. It was lovely chatting to you.
1: Emma Higgins. We'll put uh, links to everything that she was talking about today over at the uh, website at Animal Radio. Uh, dot pet. And we're going to head back to the phone's toll-free for your calls at one 405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at
0: AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
2: Do you travel with your dog? Of
8: course. My pets are part
2: of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog?
8: I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com.
2: I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Mm
0: -hmm. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Vellani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And welcome. This hour, we're going to talk to Jay Johnson, the the actor and the ventriloquist behind Soap, the uh, sitcom Soap, which has got to go back now. I'm thinking... 40...
4: Robert Guillaume. That was Benson, right? Yes. And he went to soap. Yes. That,
1: that was one of his first gigs, I think. at least one of his first major gigs. Yeah. How old is he? No, that? he
4: was on soap first. You're right. And then he had his own show. He was a spinoff.
1: Yeah. Wow. So let's see. That's got to be 19. I
4: was a kid. during soap.
6: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Long time ago. Uh, so there's a flashback. Ask your dad about this. Uh, Jay Johnson will be joining us in just a few minutes, perhaps with one of his sidekicks. We'll find out. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
4: Well, we have a winner in the world's ugliest dog contest. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to say it's not a Chinese crested this year, but it's a dog I think That's is fine. pretty cute. Yeah. So. Hi, who is this?
1: Uh, this is Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you?
4: Very well. Where are you
1: calling from?
11: Kamiye, Idaho.
6: Hey, I've got a fishing trip planned up in your parks in the next month or so. I'm looking forward to it.
11: Come on down. It's beautiful country. It's pristine America, man.
6: Can't beat it. No. So what's going on today?
11: I have a one-year-old miniature Schnauzer female, spayed at six months, and when she gets real excited, most of the time when I come home, uh, she gets excited for maybe 10, 15 seconds, jumping up and down, excited, daddy's home, blah, 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 and then... She kind of plots it.
6: She falls down?
11: She falls down, and, and that lasts about 10 or 15 seconds. Now, our vet has uh, diagnosed her with a heart murmur and says that's what's causing it. Mm, okay. Now, I love the little dog. She's just the coolest thing. I know she's got a limited life, but is there anything I might do to uh, minimize the event?
6: Okay. Well, good questions here, and... um as far as beyond her having those episodes where she's kind of falling over and collapsing, does she have any problems coughing, any problems playing, no, running around? Um, does she seem like she's a normal dog? Does she jump oh, and play? Oh, she's extremely
11: and- social. Um, she's almost like a person. I mean, she's just really mean. <laughs> but one other item, occasionally when she, when she plots the very first time it happened, um, we were running, and then it happened, and she actually pooped and piddled both at the same time and yelped. And then she went okay. down.
2: And oh, then, goodness.
11: now, she doesn't yelp or anything, but after the, I, I call it a uh, anxiety attack, um, she just plots, and she does piddle sometimes. Just, I think she just loses control.
6: Okay. And she doesn't actually lose consciousness or anything of that sort? So, Is she kind of
11: with it? It just looks like she's kind of in the twilight zone for about 10 or 15 seconds, um, very limp, she just, you know, she'll she'll kind of start going over, and sometimes she'll fall over. And then uh, a couple of times her feet have kind of twitched a little bit. Oh, And, goodness. Um, you know, I'd, I'd hate to go put her down because she's such a fun thing. But, um, you know, I'm just wondering. Now, my wife has given her, what is it, melatonin in little bits occasionally to kind of cool her out, like for car rides and stuff like that. Yeah. Because she loves barking it
6: things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the Schnauzer lifestyle is to bark at everything that the wind blows. That is no doubt. That's, that's
0: your um,
6: job. Yeah. And I want to kind of back up a little bit and talk about, you know, we talked, you mentioned something, what we call a heart murmur. And, and basically when we hear a heart murmur, um, that's basically an abnormal sound that tells us the blood is not flowing in the right direction, kind of almost like swimming against the stream in a, a swimming pool. Um, so we hear an abnormal sound. Now, there are some murmurs that go away when dogs are pups, and that would typically be about four to five months. So if she's still got a heart murmur and you're seeing those signs, you know, I would I would agree with them. There, there's something serious going on. Yeah. Um, from here, there's a couple things that would really help in, in deciding what our options are for her. Um, and, and one of the big things would be to get an ultrasound on her heart um, because there's a lot of different congenital problems that dogs can be born with um, that cause murmurs. And ultimately, some are definitely more treatable than others, and some are more progressive in in how bad they make the pet feel. So it's a little hard to say ultimately where you might go without a more specific diagnosis. And I would definitely encourage you, if that's at all possible, get a heart ultrasound because that will really help make that call um and i've had some some dogs here at my own office that you know i catch that murmur young and we kind of many times we kind of wish it away and, and and hope that that doesn't create a problem and we really want to jump on that before there's too much of a problem for the pet um, but but there might be some things at this point you know keeping her comfortable um, there are some medicines that we treat if we're dealing with congestive heart failure. So medicine like um, uh, Lasix, some vasodilators, which treat the effects of the heart failure but aren't going that's to like ultimately... Or... Yeah, diuretic. That's Lasix. Okay. And that's kind of like a water pill. Um, right, vet, ultimately, not going to change... My, I'm sorry. I'm go sorry. ahead.
11: My vet had said, you know, in a few years, she'll start collecting water in her lungs and her stomach, and we'll put her on diuretics. And that'll help yeah. a little bit, but... He's a, yeah, he's a country some, doctor, and we love him. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so, and that would be the big thing is whether if you have the capability to have a veterinarian do an ultrasound on her. that that's really the biggest thing. And, you know, if not, you know, there are some of these problems that are slowly progressive and may take a couple of years until, you know, we really have some decreased quality of life. Um, right. You know, but there are some things like, you know, the, the diuretics, um, the vasodilators, which actually kind of decrease the volume of blood that the heart is faced with at a given moment, and that can really make a difference as well in kind of um, easing some of the the workload on that heart that's already having some problems. So those okay. those might be some things to think about. And then, you know, one of the big things we want to do with any heart disease patient is keep them in good, healthy weight. Um, oh, so she, this is where...
11: She does not eat anything but dog food. And I've, I've got her on puppy chow, Purina, and... Um... We're we're trying the dog chow, but we we gave it to her once and she got sick, so we don't know if that was a kalinky dank or if we have to leave her. Oh, she went to the ad- forever.
6: oh, the adult food didn't agree with her as well, and and sometimes didn't you know making that did. adjustment, yeah, so do we, that we're, gradually,
11: we're trying to blend it. Yeah, she was kind of retching the first time she ate it, so we don't know.
6: Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think with what you're describing with her having these problems in these episodes, you know, she is definitely a special needs dog and, you know, make sure everyone in the household's prepared for that. And, you know, if at all possible, you know, some of these things are completely treatable. If you have the, the veterinary means around you, um, there are some different procedures some are surgical type procedures to help her out um you know it might not be the particular case for her but i really think you know we'll get a diagnosis and we can tell you a little bit better where we can go with things okay all right well thanks for the call Um, we really appreciate it and uh, you know have a great day here
1: this healthy serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain-free red barn naturals canned food for dogs and cats it's always made in the usa with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health you could learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Line two. Hey Veronica, how are you doing? Fine, thank you.
14: How you guys been?
1: Good. Where are you?
14: I'm calling from Encino, California.
1: Lovely LA area, if I might say so myself. What's going on? I hope everything's okay.
14: Yes, I have a seventeen year old cat and she has all of a sudden she's was starting to throw up but clear liquid, nothing. Um I ended up putting her inside of the kitchen area so she wouldn't only have access there and i observed her for about a period of 24 hours she stopped but i'm still a little concerned if i should take her to the vet or not
6: okay and the vomiting you said it only was going on for 24 hours does she have bouts of this from time to time or is this a kind of a single episode
14: no she had several several times where she was throwing up
6: Okay. Well, it, for a kitty that's 17 years old, vomiting can be a somewhat vague sign that we can see with a lot of different problems. If you were to tell me this was a maybe a five-year-old kitty, I might say, ah, maybe not a big deal. But in a 17-year-old kitty, it definitely can be a signal that there's something else awry, whether it is a digestive-related problem or if it's completely unrelated to the digestive tract. And, and for an instance, um, sometimes cats with kidney disease will start to have vomiting or even even loss loss of appetite. So that would be something we wouldn't know necessarily unless we actually did a a thorough exam and maybe even some lab work um, to determine that. Um, But for me, if you haven't had the kidney in in the last maybe three months to a veterinarian, I I would certainly say I think it's going to be a wise thing to do and just to have her checked out and to see, make sure everything's okay. Does she have any other... Ongoing or other health problems that they're managing?
14: No, you know what? And uh, what I ended up doing because she was in drinking too, so I ended up feeding her. I got a little dropper and giving her a lot of liquid because my concern was for her to, because she's older, to get dehydrated.
15: Exactly. With
14: a dropper, I was um, giving her a lot of water and that kind of helped, but I'm still going to take her to the vent then to have her yeah.
6: There. I I would and and definitely cats over 10 years, one of the number one things that we see when they come into the veterinary office, we might not see it on physical exam, but if we run lab work, uh, one of the top problems is kidney disease and they can have a a gradual deterioration in that kidney function. So um, that's something that I would not be surprised if you had a little bit of that going on. Um, So yeah, I definitely get her her checked out. Great. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for your call, Veronica. Have a great day. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com.
0: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Here's today's great dog story. You're going to love this. Olivia Severs is a flight attendant that flies a lot, from Germany to Argentina. She spotted a stray dog outside of her hotel in Buenos Aires. She was drawn to him, spent a couple of minutes, and then thought nothing about it. But every time she came into town, the dog appeared to be waiting for her and would follow her around, wherever she went. Looks like this dog knew who he wanted. Anyway, she arranged for him to be taken to a shelter and adopted. Some folks did adopt him, but the dog escaped the home and went back to the hotel. So Olivia decided she would adopt the dog and take him back home you know some dogs and people are just magical this is animal radio baby hello i'm david bellamy the bellamy brothers and we're on animal radio love your animals
3: Here's today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. NBA fans that went to Chicago for the NBA All-Star Game had the opportunity to participate in a full weekend of interactive activities presented by Kia Motors America, the official automotive partner of the NBA. Participants experienced Kia's give-it-everything journey set on the road to pro basketball success for themselves. NBA All-Star players also appeared, giving fans the opportunity to meet their favorites in person. To find your new Kia, check out our reviews at ourautoexpert.com.
0: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day.
5: Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay new to your pets, please.
0: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio.
1: Here's Hal and Judy. In just a few minutes, Jay Johnson from the uh, sitcom Soap, many, many years ago. Uh, the 70s, I believe it is. I'll have to look it up before he gets on. Uh, he was the ventriloquist. Uh, he's not. I he wasn't the dummy. He was the ventriloquist. So i got to make, <laughs> make that clear there. <laughs> uh on soap and he'll be joining us in just a few minutes right here on animal radio to talk about actors and others for animals and before we go back to the phones and by the way don't forget you can ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone and android and uh let's see in just about 10 minutes or so we're going to do a quick check of the news with our miss brooks what do you have teed up
4: well we're going to talk about some apps that you need to know about or you might find helpful if you're going to be traveling with your pets and we make that plural because who can have just one? And also a touchscreen tablet made for dogs.
1: Oh, I heard about this. This is so cool. That's on the way in just a few minutes. Who do we have on the phone with us? Hi, this is Marianne. Hi, Marianne. How are you doing?
12: I'm good. How are you? Very
1: good. Where are you?
12: I'm in Avon, Connecticut.
1: You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr.
12: What? Debbie.
1: Well, hi. How are you today?
12: Um, My question is, we're getting a puppy in about a week and a half. Oh. um, Yeah. (laughs) Very fun. It's exciting. I'm nervous, but the breeder and the book um, that she recommended both say that we should keep the puppy, like, in a box close to our bed for the first couple of nights, and then... You know, I have a lot of dogs in my neighborhood, a lot of dog owners, and they say, well, some people say you should keep the puppy in the crate so they don't get used to it, you know, being close. So I was wondering what you thought.
6: Okay. What kind of puppy are you getting?
12: We're getting a Labradoodle.
6: A Labradoodle. Oh, the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm a Labrador uh, lover myself, so um, I, I definitely think the Labrador and any mixes thereof are fabulous. Yeah. Um, as far as, um, have you had dogs before, or is this your first dog? It's
12: really, I mean, I've I had dogs growing up, but this is really our, our first family dog.
6: Okay. And it's, it's a great time, puppyhood is so much fun, um, but it's also some of the most frustrating time you'll ever have with your, yeah. your, your, with your dog. Um, and I am a firm believer in the crate training method. I'm not really sure what the box thing was. Um, if they were alluding to a crate, then I, I definitely support that. But I don't see a reason to keep a box um, as a kind of a way of, uh, you know, confining the pet because it, it really doesn't do the same thing that a crate does. Um, right. The idea with crate training really is, is that we're we're pulling out an instinct that dogs already have um, yeah. they already have that instinct to want to kind of sleep in an enclosed area and if you look right. at wild dogs you know that's what they do wolves sleep in a den they go out elsewhere to go poop and to go pee so yeah. um, I definitely believe in that and to pull that instinct out and to use it to our advantage so that we can use it for house training and right. and also for um, you know to keep them away from things that they might get into when they're not supervised yeah and so, uh, do, you, do you have uh, reservations right. about that method?
12: Well, no, I'm, I'm all for the crate training, and the book that I just kind of solely read is that Monks of New Skeet, which seems like a, a good training book, but I think they were saying, she was saying, to keep them close to you, like for the first couple of nights, so that they're not completely freaked out. I don't know what you well, think about that.
6: Well, I mean, I think that it's important for them not to feel totally abandoned. Um, I personally could not sleep with my puppies in the room, um, but I had a very vocal puppy who slept very loudly. He was a a whiner, a crier, a kicker in his sleep, and and that was just very disruptive. I do think it's important when you get a new puppy to do a couple things to make them feel as comfortable as possible. And Remembering we're yanking them away from mom and all their their siblings, so I do believe in using some of the sound therapies, Um, getting a nighttime sound machine. Um, You know, some people will play quiet music, but I think some of the the water sounds, the nature sounds, some of those type of things are very soothing. And there's specialized tapes you can get for uh, puppy training that are geared exactly towards that. Um, There's one called heartbeat therapy, which is very useful um, for kind of calming dogs. Um, And then, you know, making sure that, you know, they have a comfortable spot. Um, but I'm a, I'm a believer in kind of letting them cry it out. <laughs> okay. Just like, uh, just like people with kids. Like kids, you know, if they cry and you pick them up, then, you know, you're reasserting that behavior and getting what they want is your attention. And, um, I think it's okay. more important to, to raise a puppy who is independent and who doesn't yeah. always have to cling to the human in the household.
1: Mm. Okay. So it's tough love all the way around, huh?
6: It is in my house.
1: (laughs) Hopefully that helps. Send us pictures of your new dog, okay? Your Labradoodle. Thank you. Thanks so much. No problem. Good luck. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It is always, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
8: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. John Elder from England was heartbroken when his prized termite-sniffing beagle was stolen. Someone stole Joni by breaking a small air vent and dragging her through, leaving some skin and fur. Elder talked to local media, and news of the lost termite dog reached neighboring towns. A motorist found Joni walking dazed and confused in the middle of the highway. She originally thought that Joni had been hit by a car because she was missing so much skin and hair. Her daughter read about the missing dog and soon Elder and his missing hound were reunited. Joni's abductor hasn't been found, but I'd look for somebody who used to have termites. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too animal radio hey this is
1: paul Poundstar. wait i forget
7: where i am animal radio animal radio i love that right. hey this is paul Poundstar on animal radio spay and neuter your pets or we're gonna be eating alive
3: Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Ha! Automotive Holdings announces the creation of Vantus, a new auto brand for the North American market. All vehicles sold in the US and Canada will be assembled in American plants, bringing new jobs to America. The first model to be sold in North America will be a premium SUV. Specifics on models and other details have not been announced to find your new SUV. Check out our reviews at ourautoexpert.com
0: think o'reilly auto parts for all of your car care needs we're close convenient and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service for professional parts people you can trust stop by your local o'reilly auto parts today o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every day
10: this is an animal radio news update brought to you by fear free Fear Free takes a pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you,
4: visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Summertime means road trips and traveling and usually with your family pets, Right. Easier said than done, if you have never tried that. (laughs) I came across this list, though, one day online, and on it are some of the best apps for traveling with your four-legged family members. And a few of the standouts that I checked out are, if you haven't looked at this, bringfido.com. It's a website. It's got all the pet stuff, pet friendly hotels and restaurants, even events you could check for your own city or for wherever you're traveling to. They also have, you know, dog services, pet services and more. You can search by destination um, or browse by the type of activity or what I really liked on bringfido.com was you can browse by the rating because who wants to stay at a two-star hotel or bring your place you know your dog to a place that has two star you just don't want to even go there bring Fido's local resources directory by the way also has information on all of the local stuff where you're headed to pet stores veterinarians doggy daycare and all that stuff and they have these for more than 10,000 cities all over the world so it's not even you know it, it covers a pretty large area GoPetFriendly.com. Now, they are another website with pet-friendly accommodations, but they kind of take it to a different bent on GoPetFriendly.com. They've got the typical, but also they have dog-friendly or pet-friendly restaurants, campgrounds, dog beaches, even wineries that will take pets. And just for fun, while you're on GoPetFriendly.com, you can uh, follow the creators of the website and their dogs because they're checking all of this out personally on their ultimate pet friendly road trip visiting all of the 48 continental United States for 10 months. So they should gather some good information. And of course, no matter where you are, every good pet parent should have with them the Red Cross Pet First Aid app, which is free online, by the way. Now, researchers at the FIDO Project at Georgia Tech are working on a touchscreen tablet that is made just for dogs. Uh, the tablet literally enables a dog to make calls and send texts, but I'm sorry to tell you that the technology <laughs> is not to entertain your furry best friend while you are at the office. It's really designed for service dogs to give them new ways of communicating Vital information, when perhaps their handler is in danger or having a health crisis. So here's how it works. When the dog gets the command, help, it goes over to a special touch screen and then with its nose touches a series of three icons that are on the screen. And doing that triggers a computer to make a call or send a text to a pre-designated number, which could be a family member, a doctor, or even 911. 911. Wow. Something else I found interesting about this story was the touch screen buttons are all, they're either colored blue or yellow because dogs are partially colorblind and this enables them to really distinguish more between the colors. Wow. And um, did you guys see, every year they have this, the ugliest dog, the world's <laughs> ugliest dog contest. And this year, yes. you know, they've done it again. Sort of silly, though, because this 125-pound Neapolitan Mastiff named Martha was crowned the world's ugliest dog this year. And she really is. I mean, if you think this dog is ugly, if you couldn't hug and kiss her, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Sleepy eyes. I mean, she got her big old head and her skin with wrinkles all of that helped her to stand out from the pack of 13 other interesting shall we say looking dogs at the 29th annual world's ugliest dog competition and for representing what the judges called martha the the perfect mix of ugly and cute Uh, she's three years old she was awarded a 1500 prize plus a trip to new york and of course a trophy you know what, but I'm, she's adorable not bad.
1: I'm glad this year it wasn't a Chinese crested I for know. years after years, it's been a Chinese crested yeah same, it's right? been
3: the same yeah. one, hasn't it?
4: You're right, and I think last year was a dog named Sweet pea or yes. Sweepy or something, but this dog, Martha is a do- I mean you just you know you love those big old dogs, and she was a rescue dog. just adorable, big old head loved her. Mm. anyhow, check out her pictures if you haven't seen them.
7: She's so cute, It's a lot of jowl.
4: A lot of jowl. Wow. That's a lot of jowl. That's exactly it. Don't you just want to, like, just hold it in your hand and kiss her? It's so sweet.
6: I, I don't know. I, I have kind of a thing about saliva yeah. and jowls. It's, um, wow.
1: well, you're in the wrong business for that
6: you know what there's just some things that kind of gross me out and sometimes like dog tongue looking things to just gross me out
1: <laughs> the lady so, who gets to, rarely grossed out
6: <laughs> yes there's only a few things that get me grossed out and i will share for you if you have a moment i do the one thing that grosses me out is i've had patients before that have very large tongues that sometimes just congenitally um don't fit in their mouth we're talking about the animals life- right the animal, yeah, okay. and the tongue kind of like has a life of its own. It's kind of like this worm that kind of goes up and down, and just you, you, you're holding the head, and the tongue starts touching you, and it's just kind of icky. I, I just that that can be icky, um, but really, this this is the, you're gonna think I'm a wimp because you know how like I love gross stuff. The thing that really gets the hair on my back going is when I am like picking up poop from a dog. And they have just pooped things out. And, you know, we always kind of look to see what's in it. This is kind of the fun part of being a vet. Um, (laughs) So you kind of look, but then you see a big bunch of human hair Oh, in it. I've never seen that. uh, just grosses me out really bad. Because it usually means the dog's, you know, eating in the uh, bathroom garbage. And there may be other things in there as well. But that hair just makes me just get the willies it's just really nasty i don't know dog hair is different cat hair is different but human hair when it's long like you know the lady's hairstyle <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah i said i have to admit i, I mean, i've had had to pull some hangers that were hanging and you pull it and it's like <laughs> dingleberries <Judy. laughs> yeah and it's like caught with a human hair and it's like a foot long by yes. the time you pull it out
6: that yeah. that gets me gagging it really does yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, there's something about that. You said the other day that you stuck your finger by accident into some dog poop. Yes. And that wasn't as gross as if it had been human, human poop. poop.
2: No, I'd rather stick oh, my God. finger in dog poop than human poop. Yeah, definitely, given the choice. <laughs>
1: That's got to be a psychological thing because yeah. really, there is. Poop is poop, poop is poop. poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Debbie, I've learned something new about you. I really thought that you just liked all gross stuff.
6: Even I yeah, have too. my limits. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an
10: Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: animal radio celebrating the connection with our pets and we'll head back to those wacky phones in just a couple of minutes right here on animal radio Uh, if you're new to animal radio to my left is judy she's screening calls straight straight ahead uh, we have dr debbie she's the good-looking one this shouldn't be radio you're too pretty for radio
6: Oh, thank you. That's so so nice. And
1: and of course, uh, and then we have Lori, who's also very attractive too, who does our news here. a yeah, face over here. for radio. I, <laughs>
6: <laughs> I think we all do at like you know five in the morning. So.
1: And uh, Joey Volani, the dog father, who fortunately is in the uh, green room because he would. He's, you don't want to mince words with him. You don't want to mix it up with him. He's a, he's a big guy. Not as big as he used to be, but he knows a lot of people. Let's just put it that way. So but if he I got knows his
4: beauty, his beauty products. Yes, he, yes, does, he really. does. Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> and me, I'm Hal, and they just call me the dummy around here, which is uh, apropos for our next guest, ventriloquist Jay Johnson. You remember him from Soap. And uh, Jay, first, I got to start off. I was told, it says right here, don't call them dummies.
9: <laughs> They're wooden Americans. That's the reason. W- wooden yeah,
2: Americans. Oh, my God. Yeah, wooden they're, Americans. Yeah,
9: they're very, <laughs> that's politically
2: uh, correct.
9: Politically correct is very important, absolutely. So how are you all today?
1: Awesome. Now, tell us, when you were on soap, first of all, when did you start doing the whole ventriloquism thing?
9: Oh, that's a, that's a lifetime career. I, I think my first uh, paid performance when I was 11, but that, that meant I was rehearsing since I was five. So, uh, wow. yeah, long time career.
1: What did your parents think of it?
9: Well, you know, um, they they were great. They're, first of all, they were educators, so they uh, they they took an interest in what I was uh, looking at, and what I was doing. But uh, I was at the time there was no such word as dyslexia. But by the time I got to high school, there was, and I found that I was a, a good candidate. So I guess I was just not motivated by the normal uh, things that people would read. So I I glommed onto ventriloquism, I guess, just because it's not a uh, coded uh, uh, skill. You know, it doesn't require math, doesn't require spelling, doesn't require any of those things.
1: Well, it is a, it is a pretty impressive skill. I can't uh, make my lips...
2: <laughs> they
1: barely move when I, when I talk. We are with actor and ventriloquist Jay Johnson, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Check
0: out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet.
1: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets and wooden Americans and we are with Jay Johnson, ventriloquist Jay Johnson. Now when I look back at some of the sitcoms that were just major institutions from the and I'm guessing 70s, the 70s right?
9: Yeah, that soap was 77 through 81. We were uh, four years, uh, usually sitcoms go five years, we went four and that's just one of the oddities of soap I think.
1: And a lot of actors got their start there. I'm Correct me if I'm wrong. Billy Crystal was on that, right?
9: That was his first um, series. He, at the time we started doing soap, he had just finished a movie called Rabbit Test uh, that was uh, uh, directed by Joan Rivers. It was her first project, and and I, nothing against Joan or Billy, all the time is all. But it was not a great movie. But uh, <laughs> this was Billy's first series, uh, and so yeah, I, I don't think people really were aware of Billy outside of maybe some clubs before soap, for sure.
1: How did you get involved with soap?
9: Well, you know, I had to write a Broadway show and take it to New York and, and try to figure that out. But uh, they actually uh, uh, put a uh, an open call in the trades for a ventriloquist for a television series. I've never seen one before, nor since. and uh, So I, I answered it because everybody I knew in town was saying, are you going to go? Are you going to go? Are you going to go? So they were just looking for that... Um, that particular uh, character, and thank God for Jay Sandrich, who was the director for the first two years, and Emmy winner from Mary Tyler Moore and all those wonderful shows. Um, he said, "I don't think this is going to work unless the guy really knows ventriloquism, because you can't ask actors to act against a post-production thing on a sitcom." And so they started looking for ventriloquist, and um, I happened to look like. Richard Mulligan's son. I happen to be a ventriloquist. I had an acting background, and so it all came together for me.
2: Did a lot of guys come out for that casting call?
9: You know, is that Judy that just said it? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, while I was sitting there waiting on this open call at at Television City, you know, just hundreds of people, I, I noticed a guy with just he just had a guitar. He didn't have a suitcase. Didn't have a puppet. And they told me later that he walked in and they said, "Are you a ventriloquist?" He said, "No, but I sing really well." And he sang a song. So, yeah. Everybody came out. So.
1: Of course, we we are an animal show, so I'm going to ask you, do you have any pets at home?
9: You know, I, I have a dog named Bamboo. We call her Boo. And uh, my story is that I, I rescued this dog from Weird Al Yankovic, and that's, that's absolutely the truth. And although he had rescued her, uh, the dog didn't necessarily um, <laughs> jibe with their small child, and our kids are grown, so... They were saying, this is a great dog, but just not for little kids because it's too energetic or whatever. So we got the dog, and I just love Boo. And, uh, uh, and I say a couple say- years ago at Actors and Others, they had a, a contest where Fred Willard um, was the MC, and they sort of did a best-in-show kind of parody. And we all submitted um, videotapes of our dog, and with a little uh, video trick, I made my dog talk, which is perfect for me. And I was for sure he would win, but I, I was beat out by Bernie Schein and his schnauzer who liked to wash his face with a wash rag, you know, so there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I got to say, when you rescue a dog from Weird Al, you probably actually did rescue the dog from Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs>
9: that's my story. And I also say, and we punish him by playing accordion music, but that, that's only for, you know, friends.
1: <laughs> How did you get involved with actors and Others?
9: Actors and Others, well, first of all, I... I've always loved actors and others even before I, I was in Hollywood. I, I thought that uh, that was a great organization and every time um I would watch The Price is Right because you know we all want to be the game show host that sure. uh, Bob Barker was, but he would end with don't forget to spade and neuter your pets and uh-huh. I got involved kind of through that to say, well what is he talking about? And then uh, my good friend Joanne Worley and my uh, friend Mary Willer, they they have uh gotten me more and more involved i couldn't be more delighted i think it's a great group of people and great reason to do something
1: we're all very excited about the fritz coleman uh, fundraiser at the yeah, yeah
9: I'm, I'm looking forward to that so much first of all i'm a huge fan of, of fritz coleman even if he wasn't a great comic and a good writer i mean he's just a great weatherman sure. I, I like him he makes me feel good when it says tomorrow you're gonna burn your hiney off you know but, uh,
2: <laughs> and then it rains. <laughs> and then it rains,
9: of course. And uh, but I'd seen him in a club. We'd we'd gotten uh, uh, acquainted through, you know, our stuff at charity events, and when he would do his stand up. And um, so I saw him do one of his one man performances. I think it was called uh, the Wedding Guest. And I went because I loved Fred, uh, Fr- uh, uh, Fritz. And then um, when I got there, this show was so well written, and so well delivered, and so clever, and so wonderful. It really did inspire me. At the time, I was thinking about doing a one-man show, and it really was the reason I decided I would go ahead and do the two and only and take it to uh, New York. So... Uh, I owe Fritz more than I could ever repay him, I think.
1: It'll be an awesome fundraiser happening at the El Portal or Portal Theater in North Hollywood. It's called Defying Gravity is the name of his uh, one-man show that he's going to be doing, talking about the other side of 50. So if Yeah, you...
9: and, you know, I hate to say that I can totally understand that, but I totally understand that point of view now.
1: <laughs> Let us just say that you sound young as ever, and uh, we appreciate you spending time with us today. And, and, of course, we salute you for being involved with Actors and Others for Animals.
9: Well, I just think it's a wonderful thing, and I, and I really do think that people uh, don't really understand what uh, uh, complete, non-conditional love is until they've had a relationship with a pet of some kind, because that's all they do. They're just there to love you back no matter what you do and I, I think that's wonderful
1: they're so not as critical back. as dummies I mean uh, wooden Americans wooden.
9: you know they they are easier to they are easier to control than wooden Americans but a lot less fun you know uh, when you're alone in a hotel that's for sure <laughs>
1: I salute you, Jay. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
9: Hal, Judy, thank you. And, and I'll see you all there on the 23rd, and uh, we'll all laugh at Fritz and uh, save some animals. It'll be great.
1: Sounds good. We'll put all the information over at animalradio.pet. If you're driving along right now, we don't expect you to write all of this down. You can head on over to the website, animalradio.pet. It has all the information about the Actors and Others event. Hey, it's time for us to get on out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can ask your questions all week long and visit us over at animalradio.pet and download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free app and just a great app to have on your phone. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye.
4: Bye. Bye. See you next week.
1: This is Animal Animal Radio Radio.
4: Network. Network.